Blog Talk Radio. The Keys Network is proud to present Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness with your host, Brother Rudolph Muhammad. people 
who have not yet accepted the faith as we have or accepted the idea, the mission, the truth of the time and what must be done. And in that, they become trials to us as we're interacting with them. But we have to remember that, again, just yesterday, that was us. And we have to love them more than they hate themselves and understand that we are not doing what we do for gratification from them. The overriding desire has to be that we're doing what we're doing in hopes that our Creator will smile on us and we will receive the blessings that the all-wise, almighty Creator has in store for us, not man himself. So, again, as we go through our days and as we go through our time and as we interact with each other, let us just remember that each time we look into the faces of another man or another woman, we are looking into the face of God and how would we want God to treat us, so how must we now in turn treat that God in the other person that we're looking to? Because remember, in that word brother, okay, the operative word is other. He is the other side of me. He is my other self. And this is not the sexist connotation of the word brother, because I'm talking female counterpart also. Whether you're a sister, when you look at her, you are looking at the other side or the other self, the other part of the self of you. And so we must be ever vigilant with that and ever mindful of that so that as we speak, interact with, counsel with, teach, instruct, uh, communicate that we are ginger in our uh, expressions as not to cause harm, knowing or unknowing, because our um, our goal is not to harm our people any further than they've already been harmed. Our goal is to bring them to the light of understanding and to show them the love that they have never experienced. So, again, um, that's the first part of the show because I just wanted to, again, thank my creator. This may not be you. This is my individual, personal, selfish uh, uh, moment that I'm taking this time to acknowledge the Creator and to not just acknowledge, but to also 
thank and for mercy, wisdom, and whatever portion of understanding I have of the time and what must be done. And again, I'm not saying that I have all understanding. I'm not saying that I have much understanding. I'm saying whatever little portion I have, it comes from the Creator, and I'm thankful for it. And all I want to do is be found worthy to gain more understanding so that I can give what I have. So now, how is everyone out there? I pray that some of you were on the call last week and some of you are new to this forum. But either way, if you are or you are not, we are going to get right into it this week. But first, I want to deal with a historical fact. Because this week was the celebration of what is commercially termed as Memorial Day weekend. This is the kicker or the kickoff of the summer season. Um, But the significance of the celebration, most people don't understand, don't know, have never given it a second thought or understand the significance or the relevance of the history behind this celebration. May 1st, 1865 was the first Memorial Day celebration that was kicked off in Charleston, South Carolina. And it culminated in a procession through the town of about 10,000 people. Uh, 2,800 of them were school children. The rest were mostly black, but there were some whites there. And what the whole thing was about was at this one section in Charleston, South Carolina, this park, it was actually a racetrack. And during the last four years of the Civil War, they turned, the Confederate Army turned this racetrack into a prison camp for Union soldiers. And about 257 Union soldiers actually died there, and they died from disease and exposure to the elements. But then they were buried in a mass grave. And so when the war was over, local residents of the Charleston, South Carolina area, who remained because most of the whites fled and left the the city, so the blacks that remained decided to go back into the park and dig up the remains of those bodies and rebury them individually, giving each one a proper burial. And then after that was done, 
to commemorate and honor the memories of those unknown soldiers, they had a parade through the town, and it ended up with a, I don't even like using the word picnic, but that's the best word to use, uh, uh, barbecue, uh, a gathering, a festive occasion at the site. They also, they turned that part of the racetrack into a cemetery and they fenced it off and built an arc at the entrance of it that you could still see today if you go to Charleston, South Carolina. Again, initially, this was founded by former slaves to celebrate emancipation and commemorate the spirit and the uh, the uh, lives of those who died for that cause. So again, that is what the commit the actual Memorial Day celebration is all about, and it comes from people of color, former slaves, Charleston, South Carolina, May first, eighteen sixty-five. Now look it up. Go do your research on it. And uh, if there's more to talk about it, let's talk about it, but spread the word so that others will know the truth. Now, let's deal with, before we get into hurricanes, let's talk about some uh, uh, opportunities that are out here. Again, remember, I am in the New York City area, so it may not have particular relevance to you where you are, but in the area in which I'm in, there are some specific education and training opportunities that are available. Now, one note, let me get this out there. For all who have not gotten their GED yet. Make haste and get it done before this year is out because come next year, the state will be charging in order for you to get your GED. So again, get it done, spread the word, pass it on. If if you need your GED, Get it now while it's still free because it will be it will cost uh, after this year. The New York City Department of Education, specifically in its adult learning centers, has opportunities available. And classes still have seats. The adult basic education program, they have adult basic education, they have English as a second language, they have computer-assisted instruction, they have GED preparation, and they have distance learning. Career and technical education, 
Microsoft Office, web page design, computer literacy, virtual enterprise, computer repair, and that's the uh, A-plus certification that you need. Um, they have network, uh, computer networking, also is an A-plus certification. Introduction to Health Careers, Licensed Practical Nursing, Certified Nurse Assistant, med- Medical Billing, Emergency Medical Technician, although that one has been cut out of the adult learning uh, program. Automotive Repair, Air Conditioning and Refrigeration, C-Tech Table Installation, Plumbing and Carpentry. All of these are available. Contact the Manhattan Adult Learning Center, 212-666-1919 or 212-666-1920. In the Bronx, contact 718-863-4057. Remember I told you when you tune into this program, make sure that you have a writing instrument, and something to write on because I will be bombarding you with information. So again, for the Bronx, 718-863-4057. In Queens, 718-361-9480. Or 718-557-2560. And finally in Brooklyn, 718-638-2635-718-622-3000. Or 718-398. Seven six six eight. Now, if you didn't catch those numbers, you can listen to the show again in the archives and get them, or you can contact adult a d u l t a e d n y c dot org, or call three one one in the New York City area. Again, that's for the Adult Learning Center nearest you and the programs they have. There's another program, which is a CDL training program. It's a free 12-week certified driver's license training program, CDL. Eligibility requirements are that you're 21 years old or older, that you pass a reading and a math test, you're in good physical condition, you have a New York State license for three years, you're able to work in the tri-state area, you have a 
high school diploma or a GED, the ability to pass a criminal background check, provide recent driver abstract, and no more than two points on your license. And you're going to contact the St. Nick's Alliance. St. Nick Alliance. Um, You can actually Google them, St. Nick Alliance, and it will come up or call 411 and get that number. Then there's also training to become a pest control officer or agent. Pest control training program. This is a free six-week program. Eligibility, at least 18 years old, either a New York State driver's license or a New York State ID, high school diploma or GED is preferred, pass a reading and a math test, and a commitment to finishing the program. You can contact the St. Nick's Alliance at 718-302-302. 2057, that's 718-302-2057, extension 231. And when you contact them, you tell them that you heard about it on Brother Rudolph Muhammad's program, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. As information comes up in the community about training, education, anything to help elevate our brothers and sisters from where they are to where they need to be, I will be giving it on this program. I have no allegiance nor alliances with a lot of these programs, only that it's something to help our people out of the wretched and demoralizing condition that some or most of us are in. All right. The time is now 16.22 hours. That is 4.22 p.m. here in Brooklyn, New York. Now, we are still on the heels of the Oklahoma tornado. And we are going into the official hurricane season beginning June 1st. Excuse me. Uh, Hurricane season typically, officially, is from June 1st until November 30th, some say. Although a hurricane can happen at any given time, this is typically the time when we will see them, and so that's what we prepare for. 
On the average, the Atlantic hurricane season features 12 named storms, six hurricanes, and at least one to three of them are major hurricanes. And when we talk about a major hurricane, we're talking about category one, two, or three. I'm sorry. If we were to experience stronger hurricanes, it would not be um, a pretty outcome for us. As you can see, we are still dealing with the after effects of Hurricane Sandy. So imagine if we got Sandys two or three times a year or back-to-back. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, also known as NOAA, N-O-A-A, along with Colorado State, their jobs are to warn against dangerous weather and coastal conditions. They believe the 2013 Atlantic paint season could be extremely active this year. Their predictions are at least up to 20 named storms, 7 to 11 of them being active hurricanes, three to six of them being major and becoming category three or greater. Again, this is the official word from the official organizations that deal with tracking and categorizing hurricanes. And we're talking about the official Atlantic hurricane season. Now, some people may be wondering, well, what is the difference between a hurricane, a typhoon, and a cyclone? Central Pacific hurricanes are considered tropical cyclones occurring between 140 and 180 degrees. Now, when we're talking about 140 to 180 degrees, we're talking about longitude and latitude, and we're talking about the geographic region that they are um, happening in. Different agencies are responsible for different regions on the globe. Typhoons. If you go west of 180 degrees, the Japanese Meteorological Agency monitors storms in that region and calls those atmospheric uh, disturbances typhoons. It's still a hurricane. They just call it a typhoon. 
cycles. The same name for storms in the Indian Ocean as well as both the whirling organized storms we know as hurricanes are called cyclones. So, again, it's terminology based on the geographic region that you may be sitting in which will cause or which would bring about a different name for the same meteorologic uh, event. Well, now that we are pretty clear on what we're talking about, let's talk about it. If you're near your phone, call us, 213-946-3618, Let's hear what you have to say, what questions you may have, statements or otherwise, about hurricanes in general, but the prediction of this hurricane season that we're going into uh, in about 96 hours officially, but that has really already begun. And now for those who have families in the Caribbean, South America, um the, along the, uh, the continent of Africa, along the coastal regions. There are other uh, situations or weather disturbances that may be of particular concern to you in those areas. Let's talk about those also. The bottom line, what are we talking about? We're talking about knowing that a certain condition exists and then attempting to adjust our living patterns with that knowledge on our head to try and prevent total devastation. That is what we are talking about here. So we try to teach people to make a plan. If you know bad weather is coming your way, but you have a plan to deal with it, it may end up being a major storm but it does not have to be a disastrous situation. Remember, a disaster is when your resources and your ability to cope with the situation are overwhelmed by the situation. Then it is a disaster. 
the best weapon you have against a disaster is your mind. The question is, how does your mind work? And does your mind work? Talk, let's talk about it. Again, 213-946-3618. What is it that a person needs now going into hurricane season? You need a hurricane plan. You need a hurricane um, not a hurricane go bag, but you need a go bag that is designed with hurricanes in mind so that you will have the necessary gear that you're going to need. You need that go bag for when you have to grab it and go, but you also need that emergency kit, that stationary kit, in case you have to end up being, um, let's say, an unwilling guest at a specific location indefinitely because you cannot get out. So what is it that you need? As with anything, you need water, clean water to drink. And drinking water should be calculated at the rate of one gallon per person per day. Now, again, that does not take into consideration the water needed for sanitation or for cooking. We're talking about drinking water. You also need seasonal clothing. You need sturdy footwear. I understand you just went to the nail salon and got your nails done and you want to show them off because it's a beautiful paint job they put on them and they really did their thing by getting that sandblaster and and, and, and that weed trimmer and knocking those rough edges off of those heels and those bunions and now you have this smooth surface there and you're proud of it and rightly so. But you need to protect your feet so that your feet can work for you. So you need to put them in something, in a comfortable shoe or boot, but also a sturdy shoe or boot that will allow you to make the moves that you need to move and not cause you to become a victim to the terrain. a rain suit or a poncho in order to protect you from the outside weather. Again, we're talking hurricane. We're talking a lot of wind. We're talking a lot of rain. So you need something to help keep that rain off of you. Jeans are always good because denim because they're sturdy material that can withstand a lot 
but it's also strong enough to help protect you from the elements as well as other things that may be around. A good pair of work gloves to protect your hands. A pair of goggles to protect your eyes, as well as a couple of N95 or N as a Nancy 100 respirator masks. And these masks are to protect your respiratory system. Okay, of course, some type of food items, foodstuffs. Why? Because um, you're going to be expending an awful lot of energy, and you're going to need to replenish your ability to work. And so the fuel for that, you're going to need a lot of protein. Try and minimize your salt and sugar intake, but you are going to need a lot of protein. And I'm not saying to eliminate sugar out of your diet completely because that glucose is necessary in your system. I'm just telling you to figure out the best way to do it. Again, we're talking survival. We're talking disasters. We're talking about making it through a very trying point in order to get to a point where you can exhale and begin to live again. So there may be things that you are doing in a disaster that you wouldn't normally do, and vice versa. So now, we talked about the go bag, and we talked, these items are, again, for the go bag as well as the shut-in kit. Then you need a change of clothing. A change of clothing. A change of clothing because invariably you're going to mess up your unders and outies. And you're going to need to change. You're not a runway model. You're not changing two or three times a day. You're changing your clothes when they become soiled or extremely visibly dirty. Okay. Let's see, where else are we? Um... If you take any type of medications, of course, you need to have those medications and you need to have a spare set of them. 
Now, where meditations are concerned, what you should be doing at this point right now is you should be talking to your doctor, your primary care physician, and getting them to write your prescriptions for up to a 90-day supply if they'll do it. And if not 90-day, then try and compromise with at least a 30-day. That being said, if we go to a 30, 60, or 90-day supply, you can put some in your go bag, put some in your shutting kit, and still have some to utilize on a daily basis and just remember to rotate them. The question is, are you ready? Let's ready up, New York. Let's ready up, America. As we can see, if we're watching what's going on, it's no joke out here as far as nature and what nature is dishing out. And I'm not even trying to say that I'm that smart that I can predict nature, nor can I control nature. What I'm saying is that if we study history, then we'll be best prepared to deal with the future because we can kind of guesstimate where this thing is going. Website. Website for you to visit. BSVAC at AOL dot what BSVAC dot org. B is in boy, S is in Sam, B is in Victor, A is in Apple, C is in Charlie. BSVAC dot org. The email address is BSVAC at AOL dot com. And that is to the Memphis Travis and Volunteer Ambulance Corps. Contact them about a class. A class as an emergency medical responder or first responder or about a simple CPR and or first aid class. Everyone needs to know CPR and first aid because in that time, there will be no 911. You will be the 911, or you won't be. Again, let me give you the phone number 718 
instead of waiting for some mystery person to come along and do what? I don't know. Because remember, on that day, what's going to happen? Those people who are prepared and who are trained are going to do what they're prepared and trained to do. The last website I'm going to give you is Intact CDC. I N T A C is in Charlie, T is in Tom, C D C. C is in Charlie, D is in David, C is in Charlie. Intact CDC dot com. And when you go to that website, I want you to go to YouTube. Go to the YouTube and look at some of the post-interview, pre-interview, and the inside fever uh, little segments that are on there that were done by myself, Brother Barry Crumbly, who is the New York, well, the Eastern representative of the Black Farmers Agriculturalist Association. He's a farmer. He grows food. That's what he does. He lives in the Westchester area, but he goes around the nation helping people to learn what they can grow where they are and teach them how they can grow it where they are. So Barry Crumbly, Aton Edwards, Rudolph Muhammad, at Impact CDC, YouTube, Inside Fever, Post Fever, and Pre Fever, and you will get a good understanding as to where we are as a community where disaster preparedness is concerned. So, again, I'm taking this extra time and going slowly dealing with this because if you haven't realized it, things are kicking up from the bombing at the Boston Marathon to the fertilizer accident in Texas to the tornado in Texas, tornadoes in Oklahoma, tornadoes in Mississippi, to official hurricane season starting on the Atlantic Ocean. Things are just going to get progressively worse before they get better. And the the more you know, the better prepared you can be to save the life of your family, your loved ones, and those in your community. 
All right. The time is now 4.52 p.m. And you are listening to Brother Rudolph Muhammad. Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is the name of the show. And this is The Keys 107. And this is Blog Talk Radio. Again, if you wish to call in, call 213-946-3618. That's 213-946-3618. We're not going to any commercial at this point. We're going to switch top gears now. And we're going to deal with sexually transmitted diseases, sexually transmitted infections, HIV, and AIDS. Now, I know that's a lot to try and talk about in 15 minutes. That's not the purpose. That is to introduce you to the subject matter that we will be dealing with for about the next three weeks. And the reason for that is so many things are kicking up in our communities. We need to be aware of them. You need to know what is going on. Do you know your status? If you don't know your status, you don't know enough. I know some people say, oh, I don't want to know if I may. You sound like a 24-carat fool. Anything that's wrong with me, I want to know, and I want to know now so that I can see whatever it is I need to do to try and prolong my time here on this side, on this planet. Now, let's go to the def- a few definitions. STD stands for sexually transmitted disease. Disease acquired as a result of sexual intercourse with an infected individual. A more inclusive term than venereal disease, STDs include syphilis, gonorrhea, AIDS, viral hepatitis, chlamydia, uh, genital candidiasis, scabies, Crab lice, cervical dysplasia, bacterial vaginitis, genital warts, genital herpes, trichobonidiasis, pelvic inflammatory disease, uh, 
lymphogranuloma viral sacroid granuloma inguinal. These are some of the terms, diseases, that you can be plagued with that all fall under the title of sexually transmitted disease. Now, a sexually transmitted infection means that a person has been infected with a sexually transmitted parasite. Remember, a disease is that which there is no cure for, according to the medical field. They have treatments, but no cure. So that's sexually transmitted disease. Now, Let's move on to the next one, and let's talk about HIV, human immunovirus. Okay. What are we dealing with when we're talking about human immunodeficiency virus? Okay, first of all, we're talking about humans. Immunodeficiency, meaning that their immune system is not adequate to fight off anything or any type of infection. And that's why they become compromised because their immune system is uh, compromised. So again, I want you to I want you to research these words, parse them in the week to come, so that by next week you will have a better understanding of what it is we're talking about and what it is we're up against. I am going to have some experts in these fields on the line, well, he alive, to talk to us and to give us information. And we're not going to give one-sided information. I'm going to give you information based on what the status quo says, but also based on the information that is out there 
of individuals who deal with it non-traditionally and then those who incorporate the best of both worlds. My job is to infuse, enrich, and empower you with the knowledge so that you can make an informed decision. The time is now 5 p.m. And you are listening to Brother Rudolph Muhammad, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness on the Keys, 107, on Blog Talk Radio, 213-946-3618 is the calling number. Press the number one if you want to speak live. Now, let's talk about AIDS, Acquired Immunodeficiency Syndrome, the combination of specific clinical conditions and CD4T lymphocyte counts designated by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention as a final stage of infection by the human immunodeficiency virus. Approximately 70% of HIV-infected individuals develop AIDS within 10 years, although there is no evidence that persons infected with AIDS have been cured. Some of those infected, have survived for a number of years, and many of those survivors are asymptomatic. Information about AIDS may be obtained in the, in the United States by calling 1-800-342-AIDS. 1-800-342-AIDS. In Canada, 1-800-668-AIDS. That's 1-800-668-AIDS. That's in the United States of America and Canada. You can call those numbers. Next week, we will go into signs and symptoms, what to look for. Um, We'll talk about risk behavior. We'll talk about um, things that you can do to help prevent it and those things you have no control over. And we will have, again, more reference material for you. But you should begin reading up on it if you have not. Go on the Internet and look at 
Boyd, B-O-Y-D, Graves, G-R-A-V-E-S. If you go on his website, he has a lot of, they will say controversial information. But it's research material that um, really answers, it really answers a lot of questions about AIDS, about HIV, about what it really is and um some of the conspiracy theorists that are out there. Um, well, they're out there. They're out there and they're going to always be out there. And what you need to do is, again, arm yourself with the necessary information and see how that benefits you. I'll tell you this, he did a flowchart. The 1971 flowchart is the blueprint for the development of AIDS. It is the quintessential missing link document which proves absolute proof of the U.S. origin of HIV and AIDS. It is located in one of the 15 progress reports of the federal program entitled the U.S. Special Virus Cancer Program. I believe the term cancer was a misnomer to misdirect the actuality of the HIV development. It provides, again, absolute, absolute evidence of the U.S. origin of HIV as a synthetic biological agent. That's all I'm going to say about it this week. I tell you, Boyd Graves, B-O-I-D, G-R-A-V-E-S, Google and read some of his research. Unfortunately, he is no longer with us to speak to us live, but the work that he left, it's still speaking loudly enough. It is 5.08, and it is almost time for us to shut down to get ready for the peacekeepers' roll call. 
the peacekeepers roll call is a show by Dennis Muhammad. And I'm taking this time to speak about the peacekeepers because the peacekeepers is an organization, a group of men who have decided that for one hour, one hour a week, they would donate that time and sacrifice that time from whatever else it was that they were doing or had to do, and they would spend that time in the streets of their community. They, the peacekeepers, to which I am one, I am the peacekeepers' trainer for emergency medical response. I teach all of the peacekeepers no matter where they are, 21 cities and London, England, they will be taught, those that are not at this point, the life-saving skills of the choking procedure, the life-giving skills of CPR. They will be taught in basic and advanced first aid. They will be taught Injury and illness assessment, they will be taught how to intervene, when to intervene, why to intervene, and the necessity for intervention in the affairs of others from a medical perspective. Why? Because their boots are on the ground. They are the first line of defense in the communities when disaster strikes, the peacekeepers look for the orange jackets, look for the black and orange, look for that sea of orange out there, and know that when you see it, help has arrived. It's not on the way, it has already arrived. Now, the peacekeepers is not just been because behind every good man, there's a good woman telling them what to do. <laughs> now, seriously, there are some dynamite sisters behind the peacekeepers, inspiring these men to get out there and do what they're doing. So, Saul, Erica, and of course, Doc, you know, I'm giving shout-outs to all of you. And I know there's more, there's more, because each of you have those staffs with you that assist you and help you to do what it is you do. 
So the shout out is for them also. The shout out is for every representative of a peacekeeper. Job well done, but there's still much more to do. We've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. But the journey of a thousand steps or a thousand miles starts with the first step. And the peacekeepers have made that first step. What are you doing that you cannot sacrifice one hour a week to ensure that peace will reign supreme in your community? See, if you're not a part of the problem, you're a part of the solution. And if you're not a part of the solution, then you are definitely a part of the problem. So the next time that the gunshots go off in the community, it's summertime. The next time you hear of of someone getting shot, getting killed, getting mugged, getting raped, you can't really get that upset about it if you're not one of those who is willing to sacrifice one hour a week to try and stop the senseless violence in our communities. I don't care what your religious affiliation, what your political affiliation, I don't care if you're a Baptist, a Methodist, Church of God in Christ, Church of God out of Christ, uh, Jehovah's Witness, Muslim, Hebrew, uh, agnostic, atheist, Democrat, Republican, Socialist, Liberalist, Mason, Elk, Eastern Star, Knights of Columbus, Days of Columbus, all of our Greek fraternities, whatever it is you call yourself by under whatever banner you fly. What we have in common is that when we get cut, we bleed red blood, and four to six minutes without oxygen, brain cells begin to die. A life is a terrible thing to waste. Thank you for listening to this week on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I'm your host, Brother Rudolph Muhammad. This is the Keys 107. Stay tuned for the Peacekeepers Roll Call coming up with Captain Dennis Muhammad.